listen, man, I smoke, I snort. I've been begging on the street since I was a baby. Clean windshield to stoplights, I've polished shoes. I've, I've robbed, I've killed. I ain't no kid. No way. I'm the greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, City of God. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time, the podcast in which I, your co-host, The Rocket, Rick Barrasso. And I, the big city of God, Goski, Rick. Derek, everyone in this movie has a nickname. You can, you can just grab one. Yeah, that's true, huh? All right, I'm Lil D. I'm Lil D. Lil D. Lil D. I'm Lil D. I'm Lil D. I've always thought that about you. Okay. <laughs> so this is the podcast in which we watch every single movie ever made, and we're going to help decide which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? It's a good day. It's a, it's a, it's a day. It's a, it's, it's a good time. Right, right smack in the middle of summer. It is, well, and it literally just started pouring out as we started, so I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Hopefully, I mean, I, I just got a new microphone. Hopefully, you can hear the difference in the audio quality. So hopefully you can, but uh, let's get to today's subject. We are trying to escape the favela with City of God, but let's take care of some business first. Last week, we did an episode on Silence of the Lambs, one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Mm -hmm. Check that one out. Great movie, great discussion. Check that one out or any of our library. You can, you don't have to go in order, pick and choose the movies you like, but listen to them all because you like us, right? Uh, But you can do that. Uh, you can find it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use. Subscribe, review. It's so helpful to us. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get us more listeners, get the conversation going even more. It's extremely helpful for the show. And if you have anything you want us to cover or anything that you want to talk about with us, you can find us, of course, on social media. We are the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook. We're at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rick. That's at R-I-C-K-A-N-D-R-E-K on Instagram. You can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And of course, as our old friend Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. So we actually now have our very first foreign language film. Very excited to check that one out. It is City of God. City of God is... A crime drama. It was released in 2002 in Brazil and 2003 in the United States. Please forgive me for butchering every single name or just about I'm about I'm going to read. Uh, it's directed by Fernando Mariels and Katia Lund. It stars Leandro Firmino as Lil Z, Alice Braga as Angelica, and Alexandra Rodriguez as Rocket or Buscape. It made million on a $3.3 million budget. It's got an 8.6 on the internet movie database, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 79% on Metacritic. Fuck you, Metacritic. Ebert liked it. He says four out of four. He said it was Dickensian, and it had furious energy. Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. He's floored by it. Four out of four. Peter Rainer, I believe, or Rainier, of... Uh, New York Magazine. He didn't like it as much. And the the theme in the negative reviews that I found were a lot of people thought it was exploitative as opposed to constructive in any way. It was just sort of using this place without helping it, you know, without showing a way out. That, mm. that That seemed to be the big criticism that I found. Okay. I could see that. So... I mean, Derek, do you remember when you first saw this? Uh, I can't really pinpoint it, but I remember, I remember when I did see it. I don't even remember how I heard of it, to be honest with you. It's kind of strange. I think I may have 
looked at a list of like the hundred greatest movies of all time or something like that somewhere. And certainly city of God was like very high up. And, uh, I, I remember, I, I definitely remember how I felt after watching it. And I remember after watching it, I, I thought it was like something very important that I had seen. So I think what you're remembering is this movie is, or at least was, I haven't checked it in quite some time, very high up on the IMDb top 250. That could have been it. Like it's, it was at a time like top 50, top 30 even, I think. Yeah. And that's when I first heard of it. And this probably was 2004, 2005. And it was like, okay, this Brazilian movie is, you're getting this attention. It's, it's, it's sort of odd because the IMDb list tends to be traditionally American movies. And, you know, it, there, there was, in, around the time The Dark Knight came out, the whole thing exploded and it just, the, it, the list means basically nothing anymore. But at the time it was, it was a great way to check out, oh, okay, well, I haven't seen this one. It was a great step in the, you know, a great foot in the door, uh, I should say, to uh, finding some movies that you may not have heard of otherwise. So that's where I first heard of it. And this was definitely a, oh, here's the DVD at, you know, at the mall, at Best Buy, at, you know, Newbury Comics, wherever. And then it just kind of sat on my shelf for quite some time because I just knew it was going to be brutal. And it is. And I really needed to get in the mood to watch it. So I actually only watched it for the first time four or five years ago, I think. It's like, it sat on my shelf for a long time. And I think probably if I had to compare it to another movie we've done, it's probably most like Goodfellas. I think that's what Ebert said. I remember reading something about it and I thought Ebert had said that it was like the Brazilian version of Goodfellas or something like that. Right. And I think the key difference is the difference in the characters of Rocket and Henry, but yeah, it's very much like ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a gangster or I didn't want to be a gangster in this case. Yeah. Or like, sort of like how Goodfellas is sort of like, here's the mafia in the seventies. See what happens. Sure. Same thing with city of God, like see what happens to these people. There's no specific plot. Right. But in case you haven't seen it, and I think there's a real possibility you may not have, first of all, check it out. It's very worth seeing. It's a, it's a very powerful movie, but let's tell you what happens. So you can keep up with the conversation a bit. Derek, have you picked a song on Spotify to time me out this week? Yes, I have. And I will say, if you have not heard this song, you definitely need to hear this song. Okay, it's called People Get Up and Drive Your... Hold on a second. It's, so it's not Kung Fu Fighting. I was going to use that, but it was kind of generic, but I went with, went with another funk song. So the song is called... Get Up and Drive Your Funky Soul by James Brown. If you haven't heard this song, it's a nine-minute epic, and it's so funky. All right. All right, let's do it. Three, two, one, go. A generation of residents of the favela known as the City of God is thrown into chaos during a drug war centered on Little Z, a psychopath who had been murdering since he was a child. Lil Z sinks deeper into madness after the death of his partner, Benny, and tries to take over the entire slum. His chief rivals, Carrot and Knockout Ned, mount a counteroffensive, and each side experienced violent losses. All three men are killed or arrested. Ned and Z by children who are swept up in the violence of the city in the same way that Z was. The only one who has hope of escape is Rocket, a photographer, and the narrator. Time. Documented. Close enough. I was two words away from finishing. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's quite the movie. It, it really does document this, this war. And let's talk about what we like about it here first. So Derek, what is your number three scene? We just talk about how this is absolutely a wreck pick. This is a wreck pick, yes. And this is only my third time seeing this movie. But I think it's the same for me. I uh, gotta say my number three scene is Benny's farewell sequence. Benny being Lizay's best friend. Uh, Benny becomes this like really cool hippie dude 
who like befriends everybody and kind of pisses off little little Zay because he's like, "What are you doing? You're a gangster. You're my buddy." And uh, and Benny's like, you know, he kind of like takes Rocket's girlfriend, and they're like, "We're bouncing. We're leaving this place behind us." And they have a big farewell party for Benny. It's a really big bash. You know, everybody's there. Everybody's dancing. Everyone's having so much fun. During this sequence is when you meet Knockout Ned. And Lil Zay makes him take his clothes off in the middle of the, the dance and, like, really embarrasses him. And later, Lil Zay rapes his girlfriend, which is very fucked up. And uh, during this farewell, there's a character named Blackie who comes back. And Benny was actually really nice to him. He, like, kept him alive. And Lil Zay wanted to kill Blackie. Blackie comes back to the party. He shoots, tries to kill Lil Zay, ends up killing Benny instead. Lil Zay's devastated. I think that's the, that ultimately where Lil Zay kind of goes a little crazy, even though it was way crazier before that. The whole sequence is really cool. I think there was a, a scene where, like, Benny was trying to give Rocket this, this camera. It's just, it's just a really cool sequence. It's really sad, too, because Benny was a really cool character. The music's really cool. It's, like, actually, like, the only time in the movie where I think there's, like, American funk music playing and everybody was kung fu fighting. But, yeah, the scene's fantastic. It's just very well shot. This scene really sets off the rest of the movie and the feud between Lil Zay and Knockout Ned. So, and then, of course, Benny's death is sort of the trigger for Lil Zay being angry and doing what he does after the dance. And it's pretty intense, and it's a great scene. I have that as my number three scene here as well. And I think to me, uh, so Benny comes in, and he, he has a scene before this where he has like a nice shirt on and he says look at me i'm a playboy now and that actually does have a specific meaning if someone calls you someone from brazil calls you a playboy it's almost like calling you there's not really a word for it in english but it's basically like rich boy upper middle class like poser almost gotcha so that's like the look he's going for he's very much like i'm gonna pull myself out of this slum Mm-hmm. And I think Little Z's in love with him. You know what's funny? Gia said the same thing. They're they're very like they touch a lot, and Little Z freaks out when he sees Benny hugging Rocket. Hmm. We we don't exactly see. Not that rape is necessarily a you know sign of heterosexual you know. like standard heterosexual behavior, I guess, but we don't really see him with a girlfriend and you would think the powerful gangster would have girls around him all the time. Right. And he doesn't really like the only time he shows interest in a girl is when she, he doesn't really show traditional interest in women. He only attacks this girl when she refuses to dance with him. Right. Yep. He's not really attracted to her. And even when he asks her to dance, it's like, hey, let's, let's dance. Let's. Yeah, he's very awkward about it. Yeah. So, and of course, when Benny dies, they're literally, they're together as children, as best friends. So they have this long friendship and Benny is about to leave. Yep. So, and I just, I like the scene of where Benny is, is killed because, and, and Benny, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, is sort of the, not only does everyone like him, he's the only one preventing this huge war between Lil Z and Carrot. Yep. So once he dies, everyone knows shit's about to go down. Exactly. But I like the actual scene where there's like strobe lights going on. It's just really like, what's happening? What's, what's happening here? And, and the wrong guy dies, of course. And it's funny, the, the, the scene right after this is Lil Zay literally like going to kill Carrot and he gets distracted and gets and goes and rapes her. And Carrot lives another day. It just seems to happen a lot throughout the movie. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's that's an interesting. Um, it, it's sort of a, like a fascinating peek into the character where he like assaults this woman, threatens knockout Ned, her boyfriend. And then they leave and he's like, oh, wait, I forgot to kill knockout Ned. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, you can't, that couldn't wait? Like, the carrot thing isn't more important? Wait, 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 wait a minute. I forgot to, why didn't I kill that guy? Why didn't I kill, oh, just silly me. Let's go, let's go. Yeah, right. Not like, hey, 
you and there are like 20 people with him in this scene he could have been right. like you five go take care of him right right nope no be every him. everyone's gonna go because everyone's gonna see i'm the best i'm the strongest i'm the most badass yep so what's your number two scene my number two is the end sequence battle uh it's really intense and it picks up right where the beginning is and the beginning is like you sort of see uh rocket and he's gonna pick up this chicken and they got little Zay, his gang, and then the other side of the cops and stuff. And you're like, oh, crap, what's going to happen? And they pick that up at the end. And, you know, Rocket gets out of the way. And then Carrot's gang shows up with ne- Knockout Ned. Uh, and then the gang fight, pers- you know, it, it, it happens. People are getting killed left and right. And unbelievably shocking is when Knockout Ned is killed by one of his own kids, one of his own people. And th- that was the kid that he was like, what are you doing? You don't want to be part of this. You're not part of this. You're a kid, for God's sake. And the kid's like, I just want to avenge my father. And you're like, okay. And then you find out at that scene where he kills Knockout Ned that Knockout Ned actually killed his father. And uh, it's, it's depressing because Ned was not that person. And he becomes a gangster um, because of the things that have happened to him. Uh, and then after this, Carrot and Lil Zay are both arrested. They're, they're pulled away. Rocket can see through like a wall with his camera, the cops are like, we're going to keep Carrot because we're going to send him to the press and whatever, take pictures of him, whatever. And then they, you see like Lil Zay paying off the cops and Lil Zay gets away, except that he gave a bunch of guns to this little gang called the Runts and they murder Lil Zay in the alleyway, which is just poetic justice for what he did to one of their own in a very brutal scene that might come up later. But it's a really cool scene. It's very very well written. I don't think you could have written this scene any better because I think both Knockout Ned and Lil Zay's deaths are perfect the way they're written. Yeah, I, I actually have, it's the, I have the same. Um, and it's specifically because it shows, and I guess this goes back to where their views had a problem with it is there's no way out. This is just a cycle for the, the city of God. That it started with a psychopath child who was mowing people down and it ends with a group of psychopathic children that are planning on mowing people down. And even if you're knockout Ned and it's like one mistake and it just, you know, not that killing somebody is a mistake, but he was defending his partner, I guess. Are, are, are those kids psychopathic kids though? Yeah. Be- they, because, because they have they, no compunction about murdering. I don't think so because like, they they call Rocket cool every every time they see him. Like, oh, that cool guy. Because they gave he us gave weed them once. Weed once. Yeah, yeah, but like they're not going around just mowing anybody down. They're just right. But but they want they want to be the kings of the city and they want to take over and stuff. And also that was retribution for what Lil Zay did to one of their guys. So they're, I'm wondering. They're literally talking at the end of the movie. It's like we're gonna kill everyone. Right, like, right. We're that, gonna that's, we're gonna get them. Yeah. And like they're talking about even before that happens they're talking about how they're going to do that when they get older. But like, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm just thinking like, they were kind of naming other gangs and other groups. It wasn't like, let's just go mow down some people on the street. So it, they were just like, oh, I don't like that guy. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, okay yeah. Then. That's it. The, the, the runts are just like murderous psychopaths at this point. I feel. You know, you know this scene was very reminiscent uh, or it reminded me of a scene in, we'll talk about it, Game of Thrones, when uh, when a, a character is, oh, Grandmeister Pycelle is murdered by Kyburn's little children with knives. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. But it's like, you know, Lose, you, you armed these kids. What do you expect? You know, you, you, you let the asylum, you know, the, the, uh, the inmates run the asylum type thing. Right so to speak, but a great, great scene. And it's just, uh, you know, the, the end of the scene is Rocket really trying to figure out like, do I get famous by showing the, the picture of how corrupt the cops are? Or do I just show the picture of Lil Zay getting killed? And he, he chooses the latter and he gets an internship. And yeah, good for Rocket for, for doing the right thing, I suppose. But we're going we're gonna to talk about Rocket. Okay. We're going to talk about Rocket a little bit, but let's go to your number one scene. What do you got? So my number one scene is... <laughs> Uh, Lil Zay has one of the runts killed. And this scene is fucking brutal, man. That kid who's crying throughout the entire scene 
is oh, uh, it's, like it's not running down his face. It, it's really fucking hard to watch. It's really difficult. And, you know, Lil Zay has one of his younger gangsters do it. Which one are you going to kill? And there's two runs just sitting there and they're both petrified of, you know, young, of, one of his, one of his younger, uh, one of his younger minions, Steak and Fries. Steak and Fries. And uh, Steak and Fries, he shoots the other kid who's not crying. And it is such a brutal scene. I think Lil Zay shoots him in the foot, too, the kid who, who survives. Yeah, shoots both of them in the foot. Yeah, and, then, it, and then he goes to Steak, and he's like, kill one of them. I don't care which. Figure yeah, it out. They're, they're children. It's such a messed up scene. But it invokes so much emotion that you need to take a breath like after the scene, like, Oh my God, that was heavy duty. And, and that's why it's my number one, because it's such a heavy duty scene. And there's a lot of these throughout the movie. The whole movie is filled with just moments of like, Oh my God. And that's why you, that's how you know it's a good movie when there's like, you know, things are spread out enough where like, there's a lot of great moments, but none of them seem like, well, that was uncalled for. It just makes sense in the story of how they're trying to, you know, sh- show us the story. But that scene is brutal. And it's my number one. Yeah, I feel I feel odd making up my number one, but it's not for the wrong reason. It's because it invoked a lot of emotion. Yeah, I hear you. It. it it really came close to making my list as well, but it didn't quite get there. My number one, it's kind of two scenes, but it's really two scenes that are sort of wrapped up together. And it's the history of the apartment where when we find it Blackie's dealing out of and also the history of Lil Z. And they they kind of like they they're almost like a double helix that meets at the end. It's it really just shows how the city of God is they say like, oh the apartment is cursed. Like it really it's the city that's cursed in this movie. Yeah. It's gonna take everything and just pervert it and destroy it and nothing good is going to happen because everything's just a cycle yeah you know and 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 it's so cool the way it's shot i remember watching it and saying out loud they just showed this scene three times in a row they show the scene where rocket comes up into the apartment three different times right to get their point across and i love it i love that that's it's, it's very you know, it reminds me almost of like something Tarantino would do. Like, let me show you this person walking in this room at three different angles. It is, it is very Tarantino-esque where it's, you know, slightly, you get a different perspective yeah. of the same thing a few different times. Yeah. And I will say there's a lot of scenes in this movie that could have made our, our top three, I think. It's yeah. just a matter of uh, shuffling them the right way. Like I said, sure. last episode, it's like, just what do you feel this week? And uh, there's one scene that I just thought of that I wanted to mention and it just slipped my mind. And I can't believe it just did. Okay. But I'm sure it'll come up later and I'll interrupt you when I, when I remember it. But uh, there's a bunch of runner-up scenes. Let's, let's put it that sure. way. There's a, there's a lot of great scenes here. And uh, I'm just trying to figure out which... Oh, it's when Lil Zay goes down to like these weird like catacombs or tunnels and he like gets some voodoo shit happening to him. It's a scene you can easily forget later in the movie, but he's like... Yeah, that's, some... that's part of the, like, the history of... Right. Hmm. And he like... He, he was like, you're no longer a little dice, you're a little Zay now. And I just thought it was cool how he gets his name from that like sequence. Very interesting. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening there. I, I'm, I am not, other than knowing what Playboy means as an insult, I right. know almost nothing about Brazilian culture. So I, I thought you were, I, I, as far as I knew, the only reason why I befriended you in high school is because I thought you were into Brazilian voodoo. Guess I'm wrong. Well, Derek, little do you know. <laughs> Lil Lil Zay, do I know? Lil <laughs> Lil D. Lil D. You know? <laughs> Lil D. Can we just talk about how Lil Dice is a fucking psychopath? The sequence of him just shooting people and laughing—it's like, ah. like, so br- it's, it's just it's, it's like, so messed up. It's like the fucking angels with filthy souls guy. Like that's <laughs> he's just like ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> keep the change, you filthy animals. I guess I'm on the run now. I'm seven. Like it's yeah, that is. A deeply disturbing visual of right. seeing just a child brutally kill these people, like men and women, in a brothel. Right. And how about that scene? The first like quarter of the movie is excellent too. When they show the three the, with the three amigos, they call the three something. I actually this segues very nicely into our least favorite parts of the movie. Okay. That 
sequence could be cut down by so much. Yeah, probably. It, I think it's yeah. it's it's a pretty long movie. We're up over two hours. It like it really is almost like a a short before the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really is just like could have been done in probably five minutes, and it's done in like a half hour. I think what it does well though is that it it really throws you into this world you know but then the it, world changes like it does it's like cha- we're, it does we're jumping ahead in time and it's it, like it does change everything it still sucks it looks different it just it just shows you like the uh the, the way people are in this in this in this universe you know what i mean the way things happen and it gets even more brutal yeah it's funny and it's funny how one of those characters like they're all getting away they all have the split and one of them just goes well i'm gonna join the church and yeah. you just never hear about him ever again. <laughs> but like, the, there's the whole thing where it's like, well, it, it, it's almost, it's set up where it's like, well, I'm going to tell you a story. But to tell you this story, I got to tell you this story. And to right. tell you that story, I really got to tell you this story. I love the way it's set up, though, because it's so, and, the way I love film, you know what I mean? It, it's quirky. It's Well, it, it's also, it's like, there's so many characters introduced that, why, why? Like, is it? You know, do we really need to, like, was it Bernice that is the the lover of one of the, the tender trio? Yeah, like, she's lover shit. Like, why do we need so much time with her? She doesn't play in the movie at all. Right, she gets away. She, she doesn't, though. We, they, we see her, like, briefly later. Oh, do we? I didn't even... Yeah, at the, at the scene when Lil Z and Benny are like, we're going to take over the town. And they, like, point out to a girl, like, oh, look at the girl is with. And it's like, oh, she used to date Shaggy. Oh, so she she stayed okay. So really, nobody does escape. Yeah, um, nobody nobody escapes. But like, we get that with everything else in the movie, and th- we spend so much time with her at the beginning, and she's actually such a minor character. Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. Um, I, I guess one other thing that it's trying to do, which is obvious, is just show like the world that Rocket and Little Zay grew up in. And, and, and they're supposed sure. to be like around the same age or something like that. And they grow up and, and there's sure. two, two different paths. I, I think they could cut that basically in half time wise. There's, there's a lot of repeating. Sorry if you can hear the thunder, but it's, uh, yeah, I have it on my end too. Just yeah, different times. Yeah. It's, 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 it's thundering pretty, uh, pretty, it's pretty, a pretty cool effect for this though. We need this for the it movie, is. but really that fine. Like that's, I can live with that. Here's my actual least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> Rocket is the least active main character of any movie we've done. He is so passive. He literally, he's a photographer. He, all he does is observe. The only decision he makes for himself throughout the entire movie is at the end when he's like, what picture do I publish? I'd say he makes a lot of good decisions though throughout the movie. There's like three in a row where you're like, please don't join crime. All, all, please his, don't do- all his actions are don't act. Well, which is which is you know still acting right no because he he not i feel that he's not doing it as like this is the right thing to do I'm like based on my character i'm making it he's just like eh, i'm just like going along to get along i think like three times in a row he was like oh he's such a cool guy <laughs> like yeah blind. every everyone's like yeah literally it's just like oh yeah rocket we like him he's like the friend of kind of like he he's not friends with Lil Z because Lil Z killed his brother, which does not come up at all. He does yeah, not. He, Rocket takes no action in avenging his brother, which also leads to the it leads to the my problem with that that prologue. It it really doesn't set anything up for our main character. Do, well, we can we can go right into my worst part then because okay. that. Lil Zay lets Rocket go. Like, I know Lil Zay knows that who his brother is because it's mentioned in the movie to him. Yeah. And I'm assuming Lil Zay's smart enough to realize that Rocket probably knows I killed his brother. I mean, it definitely got around. Right. And Rocket absolutely knows. And when he goes to the apartment, he's like, I was going to kill Lil Zay, but I didn't. Yeah. Th- so like, that, that's my problem with him. He's like, I was going to do this, but then, nah. Like, well, yeah, and I get that about Rocket, but like I'm saying, like, why would Lil Zay not kill Rocket then, knowing that he might be a problem? He's lucky that Rocket's so passive, because he could have literally just shot him in the head at any time. Yeah. Early in, early in the movie when Lil Zay wasn't as, like, I'm right. hiding behind places because I'm in a war. Before that, Rocket could have walked in with a gun and killed him. Yeah. 
No, it doesn't. It doesn't make like the only reason I, I get, but again, like Rocket just, maybe he just knows Rocket sucks. Like he's, he's just like, he's not going to do anything. And I guess Benny kind of speaks for him as well. Yeah. Benny, Benny's that P, he's the peace guy. Yeah. Benny like holds everything together. But I, I, I think the, the, to me, the, 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 the big problem with the movie is, is Rocket because he just is like, he's like a hanger on. He, he almost takes no part in the main story. It's yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, it's, he's kind of like, you know, yeah, I guess you could say, I mean, I still think he's super likable. Right. And but, sure. Yeah. He's likable, but he's not interesting to me as opposed to Henry Hill, who is active for himself. I mean, going back to that Goodfellas conversation, he is arguably not the main source of tension in that, in the movie, you know, really the main stories around Robert De Niro and around Joe Pesci and Henry Hill's kind of there, but Henry Hill's doing stuff to like further himself. Right. Right. You know, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean that I want Rocket to be a criminal by any means, but do something, you know, he just kind of like, even like Benny's dead. And then this girl Angelica disappears from the movie. And yeah. that whole relationship between Rocket and Angelica is over. Well, yeah, it's true. He, he sort of has no spine for those types of things. But like if, if Rocket was written as somebody who like did make moves, then I feel like, you know, Knockout Ned and Blackie, characters like that, it wouldn't mean as much. Because it's like the characters around Rocket are the ones that make the moves. The ones that are going sure. up and trying to get revenge. Rocket's the only one who's like, well, you know, I'm not this person, so I'm not going to do it. So I, I feel like I'm kind of glad Rocket was that character because they needed at least one character who was like that. Sure, but it doesn't mean I want to see things from his perspective. Every time he's like walking around being like, uh, I'm taking pictures, like, uh, I just like, all right, so what's Knockout Net up to right now? Like, what is... Uh, you know, what's Lizzie doing right now? Let's g- cut to something that I'm like, it has to do with the story. But well, it, it, it still kind of goes with the story though, because Lil Zay and, and, and Rocket grew up at the same time and they grew up together and they just take two different paths. You see, you see the violence on Lil Zay's side and you see the complete innocence and, and, and normality of, of Rocket's side. So it, it balances out in the movie a little bit. I mean, I think there's much more violence than there is peace. But you just see Rocket going to get a regular job as a photographer. It's almost refreshing to be like, wow, for a few moments, there's actually normal people in Rio de Janeiro and not just like violence all the fucking time everywhere else. So it's, I think it's actually refreshing that Rocket is like that. Sure, but he's not really working towards it. Like his, what, is, what does Rocket want? Like he wants to be a photographer, I guess. Yeah. But he's like, he's like I just like taking pictures of this girl that I liked. And then I accidentally, like, he doesn't go and get a job. This, this is what I mean by passive. He's like, I was hanging out with a guy who has a job. <laughs> right, And then, right. like, they accidentally found my pictures. And then I accidentally slept with the woman from the newspaper. And then... Yeah, he, he falls ass backwards into everything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't do anything. He just finds himself in these situations. Right. But let's, let's move on. We've turn this about enough, I guess. <laughs> but decide yourself. There's a lot of great characters in the movie. I just don't think Rocket's one of them. But let's go to who we do think are some, I'm assuming, great characters going to make this list. Let's go to medals. Derek, who is your bronze medal winner? So my bronze goes to Seu Jorge. Sorry for the spelling and the pronunciation. I mean, uh, that is Knockout Ned. He is my number three. I... Like Rocket, for me, he's so likable, and he's such a good, good guy, you know. And you find out all the, you know, all these things about him. And you first meet him, I think, like Rocket meets him on like the bus. I think, if I'm, if I recall correctly, he has like a job on the bus, and like Rocket's like was gonna rob him, and then he's like, ah, oh, man, he's such a cool guy, I can't rob him. Uh, and Knockout Ned is like, you know, he's the, he's a handsome guy, you know, he's the guy who has a really pretty girlfriend, and he's got like dance moves, and he's just the guy besides Benny that I'd want to be friends with. He's just a cool guy. He's like a, got a good aura about him. He, you know, he, his what his uncle and his brother both get killed by Lil Zay. His girlfriend gets raped. Right. He's ready for fucking vengeance. And Knockout Ned, I mean. Let's face it, he's a peaceful guy. He's just chilling in his house and stuff and doing his thing and trying to be a normal person with a, with a city job and trying to just, you know, make, make it in the world. And 
he gets thrown into this violent world that he really shouldn't have been part of. But he's really good at it too. Not that you should be, but like, you know, Carrot gets him involved into this war. And it's it's just sad to see what happens to him. But he does a great job playing this character. He yeah. he, he brings a lot of, you know, a lot of balance to what little Zay is. And uh, you're rooting for Ned the whole time. You're just rooting for him. You want him to win. And his death is brutal. And it's very, very sad. And he leaves a lasting impression. So he, the actor did a great job. He gets my bronze. Yeah, uh, same here. Uh, say you, George, say Jorge. What, I am sorry. I am not a Portuguese speaker. So please forgive any pronunciation murders that I commit in this. So he, uh, the actor, actually becomes a musician. He is actually in another one of my favorite movies, which is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And all he does in it is play David Bowie covers in Portuguese. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an incredible movie. Check that one out. But a uh, future episode. So, he, but he's excellent in this. I feel like he is a guy you do want to root for. And I think almost he should be the main character. You know, I mean, his, his girlfriend does kind of get, if you know this term, his girlfriend gets kind of fridged, which is the term when when a female character is killed or hurt in some way just to provide motivation to a male character so his girlfriend does get a little bit fridged which is another issue with this movie but that happens a lot but the character his evolution from listen i'm in this for revenge only nobody gets hurt and then that scene and all actually almost made my list where it's like the ever quickening descent into crime of knockout Ned where it's like, well, yeah, nobody gets hurt. And it's like, well, nobody gets killed. Uh, well, nobody gets killed unless they're going to hurt somebody that I like. And it's like, ah, whatever. We just kill who we want. It, it's, it's, it's a great journey for the character. So who is your number two or who's your silver medal? I should say. My silver goes to Leandro Firmino who plays Lil Zay. Um, you really need somebody that knows what they're doing as far as acting goes. And they didn't just throw some guy in there. It was like, ah, he looks the part, give it to him. He did a great job. And there's a lot of moments that he has that are absolutely brilliant. And, and I almost made a tie with the, uh, the little dice, Douglas Silva, because he's excellent as well. But Lil Zay is, uh, he's such a, he, I think he's one of the greatest villains in cinema history. I mean, he's, he's bad, man. He's a bad man. And the actor does a great job invoking all these emotions with him. And we talked about the scene earlier where like, he's so awkward and even grabbing a girl, oh, sorry, that, that wrong terminology, you know, you know, taking a girl to, to dance or whatever and yeah. asking her and it doesn't, it doesn't work and he's awkward and he's, when, when it comes to violence, he's the best at it. But when it comes to just regular social life, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And uh, it makes him an interesting character. And I think it's, uh, I love, like I said before, I love the, the, the writing of these characters and I love the justice that he gets when he's killed by the, by the runts and it just makes the most sense. He's like the, uh, he's like the whitey bulger of the city. You know, he's the guy who like crime goes down because little Zay's in charge of everything. And uh, that's a little, same thing with the whitey bulger and like the way he, he, he yeah. controlled South Boston. There was not all the crimes and drugs are down because Southeast controlled by whitey bulger. But they're both but, absolute psychopaths. But they're both like, psychopaths. Yeah. Like it's amazing how that happens or same thing with John Gotti. Like, you know, there's like footage of John Gotti walking around and, and, and the old ladies are like, we're so happy that John Gotti's here because the streets are being cleaned up. And it's like, you know, John Gotti's a vicious fucking murdering psychopath, right? Right. But Lil Zay is that. And uh, the actor who plays him, uh, I think he was only 24 when he played this role. The cast is young. Yeah, young. They are young. And I, I didn't necessarily cast it by age so much, but sure. I did notice that. I was like, 24, man, he's really, really good. So he gets my, uh, he gets my silver. Yep, so my silver went to the directors. Uh, and that would be, again, apologies for pronunciations, Fernando uh, Meriez and Katia Lund. There are so many unique shots in this movie. Yeah, like just the beginning where it's like the chasing around the chicken. Like that's such a cool sequence. It's like, oh, well, we're seeing like, this is kind of what this world is like. This is what this city is. And just to have to handle a movie with a cast this large 
it, it's it's a difficult thing to direct, and I feel like they did a great job with it. And they get an Oscar nomination, or at least uh, one of them gets an Oscar nomination for it. Mm-hmm. So that's my silver. Who is your gold? Same. Uh, your, is your silver, the directors. Okay. Uh, the, the, like you said before, you said it very, very well. But I want to ask you a question because I kind of thought sure. this, and I want to see if my brain's in the right path as yours. But when, as soon as you see that chicken and you see that the, the opening sequence of the movie, the one word that comes to mind is the directors are trying to show like, okay, poverty. Yeah. And right off the bat, you, you just get thrown into this world. And so they build it from the ground up as to like, okay, this is not a, uh, this is not a rich town. You're going to see all these different people and all the, the ways they act and these characters and whatnot. And it builds and builds and builds. And it, it sort of, um, I don't know, the, 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 the one movie, like we said before, that I can compare it to, the way they filmed it was like Goodfellas, but with like a Tarantino type of uh, filming. And I, sure. I think that's a combination for success. <laughs> if you if you invoke those yeah. uh, you keep using every episode i feel like i use a different word a lot this, for some reason today i'm using evoke probably not even using it right you mix the you know scorsese style with tarantino style i think you're gonna have a winner here yeah it's very and, it's very like sprawling is i guess the word i would use for this movie and and that can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing and in this movie it's it's a good thing yeah i think they're uh it's great and, and i love the fact that it's a male female partnership and they just do a great job i'd love to know how things were, were figured out who filmed what you know uh, that would be very interesting to see but they do an amazing job um and i think that they put together an a movie so that's my gold definitely so my gold is your silver leandro Firmino, who played Lil z as, as an adult and you're the actor here but i feel like if i were an actor this is the kind of role i would want it's like it's big and you can kind of do your own thing with it and it's, it's like we talk about wrestling all the time. Everyone's, every wrestler says they prefer playing the heel. Yeah. And this actor looks like he's having a great time being this character. Right. And yeah, it's, it's just, he's, like we said, he's a great villain. You know, we're coming off of you know, Hannibal Lecter, who's arguably one of the best villains ever. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know how, how high he ranks in our, you know, our hierarchy of villains we've had, but He's, he's an excellent character. And I want to throw something in here that I think you'll yeah. agree with. And so this a lot reminds me of uh, Gangs in New York a little bit because Leonardo DiCaprio's character's father is, is killed by Bill the Butcher. Yeah. And he grows up and he's sort of under the wing of Bill the Butcher. Yeah. I mean, he's going to murder him. Yeah. Uh, and this movie, it's not so much. Rock is just sort of like, well, okay. But th- there's a line in Gangs in New York that I feel like is a little bit similar to this where um, DiCaprio's character says, when you're under the wing of a dragon, it's warmer than you think. Yeah. And I feel like in a lot of ways, maybe Rocket is like, because the sequence where Rocket actually goes and he's like, Lil Zay's like, take my picture, take our pictures. Rocket smiles. He's like, oh crap, like I get to do this with this gang and this guy who's so powerful. It's like he almost forgets that he killed his brother or doesn't care anymore. Like I have to survive somehow in this world. So hell, I'll take their pictures. Like, you know what I mean? It's very interesting how that's set up. Yeah, I just feel like Rocket's kind of an inconsistent character. Like that's honestly, like, and it's a super strong movie, but he, to me, he should be like, every time he the only like interaction they have up to that point really after their kids are like, Oh, he's just there. And, and rock is like, Oh man, I hate that guy. As if it was like, Oh, this is the guy who's like sleeping with my ex-girlfriend or something like that. Right, like something right. comparatively minor where it's just like, this is the guy who murdered my brother. And I just keep running him into him, running into him everywhere and doing nothing about it. And, and it's funny. Cause like Benny steals his girlfriend and he, he loves Benny. Right. <laughs> well it's i mean it's not even like his girlfriend and like everybody loves benny so it's like yeah he's like i get it you know i, <laughs> I, <laughs> I get it he he deserves her he's i mean he's, he's like he's a great guy she's an awesome i had my chance like fine right excellent but i feel like he should have the same feeling with benny it's like oh this guy's everywhere i go right and like maybe benny earns his trust by giving him the camera or something like that right right and he's like, or like maybe Benny's like, I feel bad. Like he obviously had a thing for you. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to give him this camera to, you know, try to like smooth things over something like that. But it, he should be like, Oh, I can't believe this fucking Benny guy who everyone seems to love is everywhere. 
Right. And, you know, he should be fucking either terrified of or with burning hatred for Lil Z. And he just doesn't, he's just like, ah, Lil Z, ah. So I have to walk across town to buy my weed now, I guess. Right. So <laughs> let's go to recasting. Character, the characters we talked about are Carrot, Knockout Ned, Lil Z, and Rocket. We talked about maybe doing a Benny. Do you have a Benny? I don't have a Benny. I, I, didn't, I didn't get one. Okay. So my Benny is Anthony Ramos, who was the... My cast a little older. He was the main character recently in, in The Heights. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I'll check it out. Yep. Very likable guy. Let's go with Carrot. Who is okay. your Carrot? So you're not really going to get this one as much because you haven't seen the show, but he's a very unlikable character in The Sopranos. Um, and it's the actor that plays Tony Soprano's son, A.J. Soprano. And he's an Irish actor. Well, he's of Irish descent named Robert Eiler. He's a little weaselly. He's kind of short. He's a very Irish looking. I could picture him with red hair because Carrot's not an imposing guy. He's a little guy with red right. hair who just like runs. A, he's a kingpin. So I could totally picture like this actor playing this like weaselly character who just keeps escaping death somehow. <laughs> so I went with him as kind of like a, uh, an annoyance to the movie. Yeah. So I went with a guy who I actually think looks a lot like the actor who plays Carrot in the movie. And we've seen this guy in a TV show and in movies where he plays a ton of different types of characters. And that is Evan Peters. Nice. I like Evan Peters. He, he can do Dirtbag pretty well. He's done Dirtbag in a, in a yeah. few seasons of American yeah. Horror Story. I like how we, we both went with like guys who are like, just not as imposing purposefully. Yeah. That's what Carrot is to me, is like this little guy, but he's a kingpin. Right. So who's your knockout Ned? My knockout Ned is somebody that I'm really excited about. If you people out there who haven't seen this movie, please see the movie. The movie's called Across the Universe, and it's fantastic, in my opinion, as a Beatles fan. Even if you're not a Beatles fan, it's, I think it's a really good movie. And there's a character in there named Jojo, and uh, it's played by an actor named Martin Luther. And I love him in this movie. He's a great musician. He's got a great voice. He's also a good-looking guy, too, and I went with him for Ned. Uh, I haven't seen him in too much other than Across the Universe. Probably older than the actor who plays Ned, probably by about 10 years. But I, I, th I think he would look really, really good here. His, his act again, his name is Martin Luther. Um, if you haven't seen Across the Universe, it is a musical somewhat. It's all Beatles songs, but he is my favorite character in that movie. And uh, he's very, very likable. And I think he'd be very likable as Ned as well. I can see it. So I went with a guy who, because the, the pun is knockout Ned. He like, he can beat you up and he's a good looking guy. Yeah. So he's got to be kind of like tall, well-built again, a little older than the, the character in the movie, but I went with the Falcon, AKA Captain America himself, Anthony Mackie as knockout Ned. Nice. Good choice. I like so it. Who do you want to go next? You want to go rocket? Or you want to go Lil Z? Let's do rocket. Okay, so who do you get for Rocket? So uh, for Rocket, I chose an actor from the new It movies. He plays young Mike Hanlon. His name is Chosen Jacobs. Um, I kind of saw him in this role. He kind of reminded me of Rocket a little bit. Where he kind of has like an innocent face and just wants to do good. Uh, I feel like the actor would, would shine in this kind of role. Like a picture him with the camera uh, and running around doing the, doing very similar things. He might bring a little bit more to the character. Who knows how if, if, if our version's written differently, but that's the actor I went with, Chosen Jacobs. So I chose Chosen Jacobs. He is the chosen one. I went with an actor who is, uh, he's been in a few things. He's was in the movie Dope. He played Miles Morales in Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. And that is Shameik Moore. I, feel I will like check he, that out. Yeah. Spider-Verse is one of the best animated movies in quite some time. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but Gia watched it and she liked it a lot. And she's not a big like superhero fan type thing, but she said it was really good. It I've, is, actually, I've actually had, had not heard one person say anything negative about it. It's an excellent movie. It, it really is. It's, it's well worth checking out. Yeah. So let's go to, I guess, the big characters. Movie, Lil Z, Lil Zay, Lil DJ, Lil Dice, whatever you want to call him. Lil Z, Lil Z, Lil Dice, Lil DJ. Who do you got? I get an actor that we've, well, an actor slash musician who we've talked about many times in the show. Okay. And I could not see anybody else's face in this role. Childish Gambino himself, Donald Glover. I think he I would it. just, he would just take this movie and just, just drive it into the sky. I can definitely see it. I don't know that I've seen him play evil, I guess. Well, you know, you know, what's funny is like Lil Z 
the actor who plays Little Z, he's not like, like he's not always completely menacing, but like the, yeah. the way he just makes choices, like what a fucking awful human being. Not like, oh my God, I'm scared of the way he looks at people. No, he's just a fucking terrible guy. But Donald Glover and who I picked for Ned, Martin Luther, they actually look very similar. They have like, they have like similar beards and similar hairstyles. And I feel like it'd be kind of a cool, uh, con- I mean, I guess they, they, not a balance or a contrast, but it'd be kind of cool seeing them both go head to head. But um, I, I almost thought of Donald Glover as well for Ned. But I thought he'd be a great Zay, Z, Zay, Z, Zay, Z, Zay. Yeah. So I, I may, I might make the call and saying this is a Rick's guy, my my little Z. It's, it's a guy who I picked for another role recently, and he's a phenomenal actor. He's been in Get Out. He's been in Sorry to Bother You. He's been in a ton of stuff. He's a one of my favorite actors working today, and that is Lakeith Stanfield. Have you seen Sorry to Bother You? I have not. That is a movie you should check out. It's funny. This, the picture I'm looking at right now is him and Donald Glover literally uh, hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, who's going to play Little Zay between us? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's got like a, a very specific look to him. Um, I think he could definitely look menacing too. He, I mean, in a lot of pictures I've seen him and he does look kind of menacing. He does. He can, he can go between, he is, I mean, you've definitely seen Get Out. He is the guy. Oh, yeah, I've seen him in Get Out. Yeah, I remember him in Get Out. Yeah. He can very play, versatile. Yeah, he's a very versatile actor. He's just, I mean, he's, he's a guy, I think I'm making the call, he's a Ricks guy. He's my third Ricks guy. It's after uh, Rucker Hauer and, and Timothy Chalamet. What a, what a threesome. Lakeith Stanfield is my right. third Ricks guy. Let's... So I skipped Twitter for all the week. That would have been damn near impossible for this one. So I, I had like a miscellaneous as opposed to, I, I don't have like a, what does this movie do best? I think, we're, I think I'm moving on from that. Okay. But I have a miscellaneous and it's a question. So we talked about this. This is a big sprawling story. The question is in the age of streaming, would this story be better told as a TV series? A 10 episode TV season. I'd honestly like to see like several seasons of the show because maybe, maybe that first sequence could have been a full season of its own. If they had like different parts, different parts to it, different avenues, these characters are important until the very end of the season where they're all dead or just gone. Yep. Three seasons. Season one is the sixties. Season two is the seventies. Season three is the war and which is like the early eighties for the most part. I love it. I love it. I think it'd be, I don't know right now why anyone's not talking about this being an HBO series. Yeah, it, it seemed, I mean, they should be doing something like this, I feel like. It's, again, we, we've, you and I have dug into so many great universes yeah. and movies, but this is a universe I would love to see three seasons in. Yeah, it, I, I, think that, I think if this were to be made today, there's so many characters that don't necessarily get as much time as they need. Like, imagine, you know, the end of an episode, Benny's killed. And just like, what, what now? Where, yeah. where are we going from here? Here's everyone, my guy. Ev- everyone the next day at work, like, did you, did you see episode six? Came yeah, out of nowhere. Benny, it was incredible. Yeah. They, they, they make so much money. They do so well. Season four, they're like, all right, guys, we're following the runs for a while. <laughs> yeah. The runs episode. Each runt gets their own episode. Oh, my God. So let's go to Oscars. Or unless you had any other miscellaneous or what this movie well, is. Well, I, 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 I have a very, very bold statement. Okay. I, I'm, I'm Mr. Bold. Um, and I think, I think, I'm using the word think, I think at this very moment that this is my favorite foreign film of all time. That's a bold statement. What's your second favorite foreign film? What's your, what's your f- favorite, second favorite foreign language film? Okay, so foreign language film is different because Inglorious yeah. Bastards is like, you know, it's right there. But that's American. It's an American made movie. Yes. I think you know what film- I mean, though. Yeah. Did you have any other movies that you could consider? Oh, yes. Yes. I, I would say Red Cliff's up there as well. That's one of the best war movies I've ever seen. In, in, uh, mm-hmm. But City of God, it packs it all in for me. It, it's very close to my favorite genre, and that is like the Scorsese, Tarantino genre. So it fits right in the mold of like my favorite movies. Sure. I mean, I, I like this movie a lot. There's a lot of other, I mean, like Seven Samurai, um, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Um, there's uh, all the French new wave films. It's, it's tough to, that's a very bold statement. Well, I will say I, I'm excited to see on our episode 51 countdown. I'm very interested to see where you place this in your list. 
I am looking forward to that. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where we have a few people who have said they're going to be sending in ballots. Yep. So I'm interested to see where a lot of people rank these. Yeah. So it'll be, so what, what we're doing, if, in case you missed the episode where we announced it, we, this is actually episode number 44. Wow. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. So Jaws was episode 40. Ghostbusters 41, 742, Silence 43, this 44. Damn. So we've only got six weeks, and then we're doing anyone who is a guest who wants to submit a ballot, let me or Derek know. We'll send you a full list of our first 50 episodes that we're doing, is eligible to submit their rankings of each movie we've done. And you got to watch all of them. Don't just throw in movies you've never seen. That's not fair. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got time. We still get six weeks. I feel like most of these movies are, you should be watching along, first of all. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah, I, I check this one out. If you need help finding something, let one of us know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll point you in the, in the direction. Don't be a damned fool. Watch yeah. the movies with us. Yes, absolutely. So, but you get, you get a few weeks to, to catch up, see the ones you may not have seen. And I, I, I do, I know some people are, you know, intimidated by foreign language films, but you, it takes about 30 seconds to get used to, really. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to the Oscars. And this year was the year of Return of the King, where it just wins everything. Yeah. No, not, not everything, but sets the record for most Oscars. Or ties the record, I should say, for, for most Oscars won in a given year. City of God... Is does not win any Oscars, but it is nominated for Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and Best Editing. So let's go over the major categories. This is actually a very good year, I feel like, for for movies, uh, for Best Picture nominees, I should say. So as we said, Return of the King, future episode, wins Best Picture. Other nominees are Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, Mystic River and Seabiscuit. I like all those movies. I I like City of God more than I like Seabiscuit. I also like City of God probably more than Master and Commander as well. Um, so I, I I'd be fine with removing Seabiscuit for City of God. Okay, let's knock out Seabiscuit. Sorry, Toby. Toby just not having luck on the show. No. <laughs> Best we'll have to we'll have to do this a Spider Man movie or something. Gaffney right. something where he's 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 good in it. Best director Peter Jackson wins for Return of the King. Only Fernando Marier's is nominated for City of God. Probably some weird Oscar role. Sofia Coppola for Lost in Translation. Peter Weir for Master and Commander. And Clint Eastwood for Mystic River. I assume we're okay with Peter Jackson winning. It's tough for me, but yeah, I think that uh, Peter Jackson wins this year. He deserves it. He deserves yeah. it this year. The, the, the City of God director gets a, gets a nom. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's he, good enough. Yeah, it gets nomination. Deserve it. I feel like when you're nominated, you, you won. You won that year. You, you were noticed by people that you did a great job. Sure. You know, so that's good enough. All right. So I guess it kind of comes down to, I feel like we have one more category to talk about. And, because I don't think there's any female parts in this no. movie that, that really raise the, you know, rise to the level. I mean, we can talk about, if, if we're going to nominate an actor from this movie, it's going to be uh, Leandro Firmino, I feel like. Right? Am I... Do you get any disagreement there? No. No, okay. no disagreement. No. Is he best actor or is he best supporting actor? That's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think, he's, I think he's best supporting actor. Okay. Let's go to best supporting. Best supporting actor this year is won by Tim Robbins in Mystic River. Mm. Other nominees are Alec Baldwin in The Cooler, Benicio Del Toro in 21 Grams, Jaiman Hansu in In America, and Ken Watanabe in The Last Samurai. I'm surprised um, there wasn't more uh, or any Lord of the Rings actors, but I guess it's more of an ensemble piece. Yeah, that'll be an interesting discussion for our Return of the King episode, I feel like. Sure, sure. Do you want me to read Best Actor? Yeah, just for the heck of it. Okay. I know who wins that year, but yeah, go ahead. Yep, so Sean Penn, your guy. Sean Penn and Derek, Rex guy. I, th- I think uh, I th- I th- we'll, we'll hold off. Hold off for now. Okay. Yeah. So Sean Penn wins for Mystic River. 
Ben Kingsley nominated for House of Sand and Fog, Jude Law and Cold Mountain, Bill Murray in Lost in Translation, and Johnny Depp for Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Gets an Oscar nomination for that. Wow. I feel like that, the first one, he should be in supporting. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think you're right about that. But for best actor, best supporting actor, I'm trying to think. Um, I ha- there's a couple of those I haven't seen. Tim Robbins, I think, I think is, uh, I did a very good job. I keep him in there. Great actor. Yep. Um, old friend. Friend of the show, Tim Robbins. Old friend, yeah. Old friend. Tim, Tim come on the show. Tim A. Um, Tim A. Ken Watanabe. I haven't seen The Last Samurai. Who else is in there? Jaiman Hansu in In America. He's a good actor. Benicio Del Toro, 21 Grams. And Alec Baldwin in The Cooler. I'm going to bounce out Baldwin. I think I'm on the same wavelength as you. Um, this, 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 this is a point in time where Alec Baldwin literally just sounds the same in every single movie. He's got that raspy voice and he talks really fast. I'm Alec Baldwin. I think there are some very good Alec Baldwin performances. Sure. Beetlejuice. That's it. Yeah. I'm just Glenn, kidding. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. No, of course. Of course. I'm Incredible. Just he's, a, he's a good actor. He's a great he actor. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. But mostly Beetlejuice and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think looking at this lineup... We, we put in uh, Leandro Firmino as a uh, little Z. I think it's Z, Z, DJ, whatever, Dice. However you want to pronounce it, I think he's in. All right. So that's, uh, I think that's as far as we're getting with the Oscars on this one. So now we come to the most important part of the show. And that is when my co-host, Derek Reck, the big deck Bosky tells us why our subject is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. You stupid motherfuckers. You haven't seen city of God. You fucking peasants. What is wrong with you? Oh, it's a foreign film. Ah, subtitles. I can't look at words and acting at the same time. It's difficult for me. Shut your stupid slut lips and watch City of God because it's a great movie with great acting. You're all idiots. So that's 27 seconds. Do you want another shot at that one? No. Okay. Oh, I got three seconds left, though. Yep. All right. Uh, ready? Uh, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you your other three seconds. Ready? Three, two, one, go. I hate time. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, we all know I'm just joking. Thank you for watching and listening. We love you all. I'm obviously joking. So, to, you know, by now you all know that I'm, I'm, I'm a kidder. But uh, yeah, see the movie. It's great. Great. Su- I mean, it'll like like Rick said earlier, it, it takes you it takes you like a minute to get past the subtitles. Then you're in. Bong Joon-ho, best director, winner, a couple of years ago at the Oscars, gave a great speech. Like I said, subtitles are a two-inch barrier. Yes. Check it out. Check out some of the other yeah. Check don't be afraid of foreign language films. You are gonna find and, and also don't be afraid to reach out to us. Talk to us. We'd love to talk to you about movies. Comment on our Facebook post. We'd love to chat with you and go and we'll get that we'll get that those comments going. I want to just keep going. Let's let's have a full-fledged conversation. Privately message us, email us, let's talk. We want to know what you think of these movies. Derek will listen- give you his address. Send him a letter. Yes, all the all the listeners we have out there. I want to know what you guys think. Like, do you, do, you, do you disagree with this? I'd love to talk, to talk about this. If you say, hey, listen, uh, your City of God post, I want to talk about uh, seven episodes ago when you guys said this. You're wrong. Tell us we're wrong. We want to hear it. I mean, I'm never wrong, but right, that's if, true you, if you're wrong and you want to talk about it, let me know you disagree <laughs> with me. Somebody comment saying, I'm wrong. Here's my comment. I really got to tell you how wrong I am about this. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We, I had a lot of fun doing it. I'm glad we watched this movie. It was uh, definitely a little different. I'm glad we did a, 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 a movie in our language other than English. Really, so, the, I mean, I actually, it, it almost is like um, to me going to a theater because I have to focus on it a little bit more. Yes. I, you know, there have been so many movies that we've watched in here that I've seen a thousand times mm-hmm. that... You know, I'm not perfect sometimes. Oh, I get a text. Let me move my phone. Let me look away from it. This movie, you want to pay attention to. Right, and it, right. And you will want to pay attention to it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
couldn't say it better myself. All right. So that was our episode on City of God. Let's look to the future. Wait a minute. Are we going back to the future? Not this time. Okay. We are going back to America's pastime, though. Because next week, we're going to see the Oakland A's. We're going to see Billy Bean. Billy Bean! We're going to see Brad Pitt again. And that is going to be Moneyball. Something, something, anyone else but you. That's a song that his daughter sings like three times in the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. That song actually, and we'll talk about it next week, came out like years after the movie set. It came out closer to the release of the movie than the events of the movie. <laughs> right, that makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I think we found our worst part of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Or not. Who knows? So, after that, the week after that. So, let's go through our August. Yeah. Week after Moneyball, we are perhaps having a guest on. We are having a guest on. Okay, confirmed? Yes. Confirmed. We are going to have our first guest back on, Steve Constantino. And we're talking the big Dekbowski. I mean, the big Lebowski. Ah. There'll probably some, be some Dekbowski talk in that one as well. It sure will be. And, and this episode, we're really going to tie the room together. <laughs> and then, week after that, we're getting our martinis shaken, not stirred. Going James Bond for the first time. And it's going to be Casino Royale. That was very much much the GoldenEye video game. Yeah, it's actually (laughs) just going to be us playing GoldenEye. That's going to be that whole episode. If you're into that, that, listen to it. I I actually had a few people ask us to be on Twitch as well. So uh, some people, we'll think about it. Thanks thanks for mentioning us. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm... not nearly as uh, skilled in video games. I feel like if, if you want to, I don't know if there's Twitch like uh, watch somebody suck at playing video games, <laughs> or, or just movie if, Twitch or something. Movie Twitch. I don't know if that's a thing, but it's not a thing. Probably not. No. I, I bet there's some like watch along feature on some certain certain apps. Right. But we'll uh, maybe look into that. But yeah, yeah. Twi- I mean, hey, if you want us on Twitch, let us know. We're on social media. We went over it. For the show, I have been your co-host, Rick Barrasso. And I have been your co-host, Rick, the Big Deck Boski, Dirac Smythe. Keep watching, everybody. <laughs>